Morning, everybody. Welcome to this, the third of our all-age services for August. And we've been thinking about Peter, this all-or-nothing guy. And we've been thinking about names this morning as well. And just to remind you, Peter was not Peter's original name. It was Simon. Um, and so um, Jesus renamed him Peter. It means the rock, the reliable, the tough, the dependable one, the one that Jesus can really trust. And Peter, as we've seen, really, really loves Jesus and wants to follow him. There's no half measures with Peter. He's always the first among the disciples to stick up for Jesus. He's always the first to try something new. But he's not perfect. His passions and his doubts often overwhelm him. And he repeatedly says or does the wrong thing. Is that like us? See, because I'm guessing here, children, you love your mums and dads and those people who look after you. And parents love your children. Friends love each other. Parents, sorry, husbands and wives love one another. Brothers and sisters love one another. And as Christians, we're called to love God above everything else and our fellow believers and our neighbours, everybody else, as much as we love ourselves. And that's going to be tough to get right all the time. And sometimes we're going to have to say, sorry. Sorry. Margaret? Yes. <laughs> nice dog picture. Uh, right, uh, there will be times we all mess up, and by what we do or say, as we've heard, things that we shouldn't have done, or, or fail to say or do something we should have done, uh, then we're going to get it wrong. And we know we're in the wrong, and we're genuinely sorry, and we want things to be right again. We wish we'd never done it. And in our confession today, we did say sorry for the times that we said or did or didn't do or say things that didn't put a smile on God's face. And today... It's Peter who has to say he's sorry. And the reason Peter has to say he's sorry. Margaret? Yes, thanks. Because <laughs> the reason that Jesus and Peter are having this conversation today is that this time, Peter has really excelled himself in messing up. This is the ultimate. Because as you'll remember, at the Last Supper, uh, Jesus said uh, to the disciples, uh, you know, I'm going to die. And Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will never run away. I will never disown you. And Jesus had warned him that he would deny him three times that very night. Never, he said. Never. Anyone else can do it, but not me. And of course he did. In fear, in panic, in confusion, making the most desperate of oaths. Never seen him before. Nothing to me. I swear to you, I don't know that man. And as Jesus was being led away, Luke says, they met eyes. And he heard that rooster, that cockerel crowing, and he realised how far he'd promised, sorry, how far he'd fallen from his promise. And the scripture says he wept bitterly. He was genuinely sorry. He was, the full meaning of the word, sorrowful. He was broken by his betrayal. How could he ever claim to be a friend of Jesus now? How could he ever lead the disciples again? He, he wasn't a rock. He wasn't reliable. He wasn't tough. He hadn't been dependable. He wasn't a faithful follower in any sort of way. He'd ignored Jesus' warning. He'd denied Jesus before men, and he'd made oaths, two things that Jesus had repeatedly instructed the disciples not to do. And casting his mind back to the very first day he met Jesus three years before, he said, Lord, I'm a sinful man, if you remember. I don't deserve to be near you. And this is how he felt now. If he looked at himself in the mirror, and I don't know if they had mirrors in the first century, what would he have seen? An uneducated fisherman, a big mouth, a coward. He'd let down his friend and master, a big fat failure. 
How could he ever claim to still love Jesus? How could Jesus still love him? How could things ever be right again? And don't we sometimes ask ourselves the same questions? How could I have done that or not done that and still claim I'm following Jesus? How can Jesus love me after the way I behave? And that's the question Jesus asks here, isn't it? Do you love me? And when the, dis- when the disciples sat down with Jesus, the reading says, he asks Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these others? And that's a very fair question, given that Peter boasted that even if everybody else walked away, he never would. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know, you know I love you. And Jesus asked the question a second time and then a third. And that's entirely fair too, because Peter had denied Jesus three times. It seems reasonable to be asked three times if he loves him. But how also it must have hurt Jesus using Peter's old name, Simon, son of John, rather than his new name, Simon Peter, or just Peter the Rock. And that's, again, still perfectly reasonable because, you know, he hadn't actually been behaving like a rock of late. And the reading says he was especially hurt after getting asked the third time, Simon, do you love me? How how could he possibly prove that to Jesus? You know, some things are easy to prove. If you go to the airport and you meet the border guards, you show them your passport. It proves who you are. And if you're a young person and you're looking to buy your first alcohol or cigarettes or vapes in the spa... Not that I'm encouraging that, uh, but if you're looking to do that, you have to prove to the assistants with your card that you're over 18. I actually have the opposite problem. I I was amazed this week. I was challenged on a train, uh, and I had to get out my senior citizen's rail card because the the guard said you can't possibly have a senior citizen's rail card. It's the the skin, yes. Right, so, (laughs) how can Peter prove he loves Jesus? And it is hurting In his desperation, he's finally provoked into giving the right answer. Despite his failures, despite all he's done, he still trusts Jesus. Lord, you know all things. You know me. It's Peter. You know my heart. You know that I love you. And uh, Jesus says, you know, well then feed my sheep. Peter shows Jesus he loves him by coming back to him in repentance, despite his failures. And in this very last conversation that Jesus and Peter will ever have in this life, uh, Jesus shows Peter that he loves him and that he still wants him to do his work and still trusts him to lead his people by saying, as he said each time, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. So, take care of my sheep. If this was a movie scene, Jesus' role would be dead easy, wouldn't he? He just has to remember to say three times, do you love me, Simon, son of John? And three, feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. The two seem to go together. Because loving Jesus is not like loving opera, or loving crime dramas, or loving flowers, or loving superhero films, or even loving coming to church. Those are all fairly passive. To love Jesus means some sort of action is necessary on my end. It comes with some responsibilities to serve him by serving his people. To put other people's needs ahead of our own, to find his purposes in our lives for us, and then to put those purposes ahead of anything that we might want. And in some small way, to emulate the good shepherd that Jesus declares himself to be, the one who protects the flock, even at the cost of his own life, and goes out looking for that one lost sheep. 
You know, we feed and take care of Jesus' lambs and sheep by meeting practical and pastoral needs. Whether you're four or 40 or 90, whether you're young or old, whether you're fit or strong, there'll be something that you can do. By being a friend when needed, by giving of time or money or forgiveness or humility when appropriate, by telling someone something about this Jesus who you love. But there's a little extra thing going on here as well. When I was preparing for this, I noticed a line in Luke 22, uh, spoken by Jesus as he predicts Peter's betrayal. I, I've never seen it before. He says, after he said, you're going to deny me three times, Peter, he adds in Luke's version only, I've been praying for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. And when you've turned back to me, strengthen your brothers. You see, in the end of the day, Peter had failed, but he wasn't a failure because unlike Judas, he came back to Jesus. Jesus is going to use Peter's own weaknesses and failures, which all the gospel writers describe openly, to empower him to lead his people in the years ahead. And in all those difficult years as the church grew in the Holy Land and then into the Roman Empire, and Peter was faced up with all sorts of Christians who came to him and said, I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, I'm weak. I've really let Jesus down, then he could say, you know what, once I really let Jesus down and uh, he called me back into his service, come back to him, be restored to him. And in addition, if he was faced with people who'd really messed up, Peter could show mercy and forgiveness because he himself had known mercy and forgiveness. This was a real education and a strengthening from him and it enabled him to strengthen and encourage the early church. And we're all called to keep on encouraging and building one another up, reaching out to others to love all the sheep and lambs around us. And we can do this because Jesus sets the example, because he first loved us. And he calls us to follow him. Follow me. Jesus' last words to Peter in the scripture are amazingly the same ones he spoke for the first time he met Peter on the beach in Galilee three years before. He said to him, follow me. And at once it says, Peter and the other disciples left their nets and followed him. And on this day on the same lakeside, he has to leave his nets once again and go back to following Jesus. He also has to leave behind all those sense of weaknesses and imperfections and failures because there's work to be done. There are sheep out there who need feeding. Those who love Jesus, whatever state in life you're in, are called each day to get about his business in whichever way is right for them. His sheep are there to be found and fed and cared for and encouraged. And the people called to do it are you and me and people like you and me. And I don't speak for you, but I speak for myself. Flawed, imperfect, impatient, judgmental, getting it wrong sometimes, letting their Lord down, but always always coming back to Jesus because deep down I love him and I want to pay the cost whatever that might be and I guess that's all of us because at the end of the day we all know that Jesus has given everything for us and as Peter found out today at the end of the day it's not about us it's about God his sovereignty and his eternal purposes I'm going to pray now and during our prayer the band will be coming back uh, and if you've been challenged by anything in the service this morning, 
uh, please seek prayer ministry. It may be that there's something in your past that you want prayer to help you put really behind you so you can go out in, a, in relationship with Jesus and serving him again. It may be something you've come into church struggling with this morning. It may be that you're seeking to recommit to your part in the purposes of God or just find out what those purposes are. For any reason, if you seek prayer, there will be people over there to pray with as the band.